This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, Five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Uh, this is a good one. I've, uh, I have I wanted to talk to these uh, these three journalists and uh, we were able to find a time. They are the student journalists at the Daily Northwestern who reported on the Northwestern football program and Pat Fitzgerald did pretty extraordinary work on detailing hazing allegations and allegations of a racist environment within the Northwestern football program. So Daily Northwestern staffers Alice Brown, Nicole Marcus, and Cole Reynolds. Remember those names, Alice Brown, Nicole Marcus, and Cole Reynolds. They will be the guests coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, as I said at the top, um, I'm really excited to be doing this podcast. took a little bit of time to make sure that uh, everybody was able to make the time, but we have done it. And so again, as I said, I have three Daily Northwestern staffers. These are three student journalists who have been prominent in the reporting on Northwestern football. Alice Brown, Nicole Marcus, and Cole Reynolds. Uh, they've done just extraordinary work in terms of detailing hazing allegations and allegations of a racist environment within the Northwestern football program. I highly recommend going to the Daily Northwestern to check out their work. The three of them are also on Twitter, if you want to follow them as well. And we'll learn more about them and their reporting as we head forward in this podcast. So I'm pleased to be joined by Alice Brown, Nicole Marcus, and Cole Reynolds. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks for having us. All right, so there's three of you. And so I'm going to do my best to prompt you to make just sort of life easier for you and, and for the audience. So we'll do it in an alphabetical order to start. So Alice, I'll start with you. Um, what year are you in and where are you from? Yeah, um, I'm going to be a junior and I am from Bettendorf, Iowa. Okay. Nicole Marcus, what year are you in and where are you from? I'm also going to be a junior and I'm from Miami, Florida. All right. Cole Reynolds, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Oakland, California originally, um, and I'll be a sophomore next year. Okay. All right. So you guys all over different parts of the country, that, and you've come together um, at Northwestern. Okay. Um, you all have different um, – you, you've all worked on this story, but I believe you all have different 
titles at the Daily Northwestern. So again, I'll go back to you, Alice. What's your what's your title as we head towards the fall of 2023? Um, so our positions that we have right now are just for like our summer quarter. Okay, um, got it. And for the summer, I'm the print managing editor. Okay. And that may change in the fall, Alice? Yes. Okay. Nicole, where are you for the summer then? I'm the summer editor-in-chief. Okay. And Cole, you? I'm also a print managing editor uh, for the summer. I love this. How, what did I do in my summer? Some people like working in a coffee shop. You three are reporting on Northwestern football. I love it. All right. Um... Okay, Nicole, I'm going to go to you here. For those who are not familiar with student newspapers, and specifically the student newspaper Northwestern, the Daily Northwestern operates independently from the university. So as best you can explain to my audience, how does that work? Sure. So that means that the university doesn't fund us at all, um, unlike other student publications at the university. And so we have a board that kind of oversees us and also the syllabus yearbook. Um, and it's made up of faculty and some alum and some current students. Um, they don't help us with any of our journalistic side of things. It's more just like the monetary side um, and also just, you know, ensuring that everything that we put out is up to a legal standard. They also select our editor-in-chief, which changes every two quarters. Um, so, yeah, run completely separate from the university, which in this case has been pretty helpful. Um, yeah, that's that's basically how it works. Good description. Okay, Alice. And then in terms of like for being um, for being on the working on the newspaper in the summer, can you give my audience a sense of like what like what would your hours be like? How much is dedicated to the newspaper? How much maybe you're taking classes, and then how much are you doing other stuff? Yeah. Um. So over the summer, it is a bit of a lighter commitment than if I were like a print managing editor during the school year. So generally, you know, before this investigation started, kind of our normal workload would be a few nights a week. Um. We kind of work together to edit the stories that we have going going through that night we cover we continue to cover like the city of evanston and any happenings on campus over the summer months and then we also work on an orientation issue which is sent to um all the incoming freshmen at northwestern that kind of acts as like a preview to the university and to what it has to offer so that's generally what this role entails. Um, and I know like all of us have second jobs this summer. It hasn't been like our our main job, but you know, obviously with this investigation, it's it's taken up a lot more of our time and it's been um we've just been dedicating a lot of a lot more time to the role. Yeah. Wow. You you don't have to you don't necessarily have to say the place, but like what is your other job, Alice? Like what do you what are you doing in addition to this? Um personally, I also have like a social media internship. Wow. Third. Okay. All right. And then Cole, for some background here, um, how many people would be working on the Daily Northwestern, like generally in the summer? And what is the difference between how many people are working in the summer versus, let's say, the fall? Uh, it's definitely a lot less uh, busy in the newsroom um, over the summer. There's there's just a couple of us, I think maybe um, six strong um, here in the summer um, and and reporters kind of come in and out on their own time over the summer. That's in contrast to the to the school year where there's maybe 30 people on staff working in the newsroom and, and kind of a whole um, army of reporters uh, working around us too. And so it's it's it, it's so so some of our coverage of, of local stuff kind of did stall during this investigation just because 
um, we we wanted to dedicate our whole a lot of time to that, and 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 so um, and we don't have that huge of a staff this summer to to kind of um, cover all those bases. It feels like we reported an entire quarter in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, okay, and that that's uh, that. Okay, that gives us a sort of I think a sense. And then lastly, Nicole, just uh, for geographical purposes, so people have a sense, how far is uh, Evanston? which is where Northwestern is located um, uh, to Chicago. Yeah, it's it's about an hour away. Um, depends on where you're going, obviously, because there's different neighborhoods in Chicago. But um, to get into Chicago, you either have to take the train or a car. Some people can run up there sometimes, but that's not me. But um, it'll, it's about an hour by car. Got it. Okay. It's All right. Down. Oh, to downtown Chicago. Downtown. Okay. Thank you, Cole. Um, All right. So I'm going to stick with you, Nicole, and um, Alice and Cole. Cole, you can certainly follow up after um, Nicole gives uh, the answer to this, but we'll we'll sort of take this uh, as best we can chronologically. And by the way, you should correct me if my facts here are wrong. So the university on July 7th, announces that Northwestern University will have significant actions to address and prevent hazing within its football program following the completion of an investigation into allegations the university received after the end of the 2022 football season. They announced Coach Pat Fitzgerald will serve a two-week suspension. This is July 7th. Nicole, if you can, take me what happens next in terms of the staff of the Daily Northwestern, in particular, you three. Sure. So that day, Alice originally co- covered the uh, suspension um, and the sanctions announced against the football team. And then shortly after that, we received an email from the whistleblower in the case. Um, and that email kind of outlined everything that had gone on in the football program. And so we had already been planning on following up with that, but we immediately jumped on it um, and we spoke to him for a few hours and then, um, you know, reached out to the university, reached out to Coach Fitzgerald's team and um, reached out to other players on Northwestern's football program. And the next day, uh, you know, kind of worked through the night and then the next day released the story, the original story, which was July 8th in the morning. And then um, later that night is when University President Michael Schill sent out the email saying that he may have erred in weighing the appropriate sanctions for Coach Fitzgerald. Um, And then, you know, reported all day Sunday. Um, Monday, we released the story on the racism allegations. And then Monday night, Coach Fitzgerald was fired. Okay, let's hold up there and go back to Alice here. Okay, so Nicole mentions that you get this whistleblower tip and you guys start reporting, including talking to the whistleblower uh for hours alice without obviously you want to be careful and you don't want to sort of mention any names or anything like that but um can you take me through like what that process was was it the three of you who conducted that interview did you do it like over phone how did that work as best you can um tell people yeah um so the interview was done by nicole for the most part it was over the phone um and she talked with him you know extensively um and then obviously we we worked to corroborate his story with a second anonymous player um and you know can confirm the whistleblower's identity so we could make sure that everything was airtight um 
you know, while the interview was going on, Cole and I were kind of going through what we've been emailed and um, kind of sorting through the allegations and figuring out how we wanted to structure them and present them in the article and just kind of looking at at other angles to confirm what Nicole was hearing in her interview with the whistleblower. Cole, um, having worked at, uh, I work for The Athletic now and, and, and having worked at Sports Illustrated in the past, um, while, you know, like investigative reporting isn't my specialty, I've worked at places where they've done investigative reporting. And, you know, I can tell you that, like, there, there were late nights at Sports Illustrated where lawyers were going over every single uh, line, every single word of a story. Fact checkers would fact check for the umpteenth time stuff, you know, to make sure that when, like, a story went to publication, you had stuff airtight. And you guys are students. And like you just mentioned to me earlier, like you're a six person staff or whatever. So prior to that first story coming out, um, are you checking with any kind of, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't even want to say sort of like faculty advisor or something like that. But are you is there a sort of a process in place where there are people like behind you who are checking your story prior it goes to publication? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we want these big stories to be airtight, like you said. And, and so we have um, on our board um, a, a lawyer who, who will read through every line of the story. And, and kind of we, we made sure we're in constant contact with them throughout this entire process. Also, kind of behind the scenes, um, some editors on this story are, are helping us copy edit these things and, and kind of go, go through um, the things that we're presenting. But um, without a full staff, with with just such a limited number of us, um, it, it is challenging to kind of um, to to go through. You, a lot of those processes are in house and, and kind of working with the team. And and we did a lot of fact checking ourselves as as reporters um, because we're the ones that are putting our names on the story. We're the ones that are presenting this for for everybody, and we we're, we're the ones that are intimately know the kind of the impact that the story is going to have. And, and so um, we we did our due diligence with with kind of the small support team um, around us to, to kind of really make that happen. Nicole, I want to go back to you. Um, you know, once upon a time, uh, you know, ba- as, a, as, as, as an oldster like me will say, back in the day, if you were printing something uh, uh, at a college newspaper, locally, you know, somebody may see it and maybe the local newspaper might like pick it up or follow up. The world has changed, of course, because now we have uh, not just the web, but social media. So the second like you guys publish something like that thing can snowball depending on who reads it and shares it. And that is obviously what we saw with your first story. Um, So two questions here for you. One, did you anticipate that this thing would sort of be as big as it was? And two, can you take me through just a little bit of the time? Like once you guys put it up on the site, once you send it out on your social media feeds, to see like, all right, this is not just a small store anymore. Like this is being picked up nationally. Yeah, I, I would say we knew that it was a big story. And there have been there have been other instances in which we released stories that we thought would have a big impact. But I'm not sure that we knew just how big it would be nationally. I kind of thought this would resonate a lot with the Northwestern community. And um, I didn't know how many people would pick it up and how big it would turn. And I think that's where a lot of us were surprised. I think, you know, immediately on social media, we saw how big it was getting, um, how many people were retweeting it, how many reporters were, you know, discussing it on Twitter, on Instagram, 
Um, people were emailing us. And so I think that kind of came as a surprise to all of us because as student journalists, we, I don't think any of us have had our work read that extensively before. And so it was just, it really, me, to me personally, it came as a, as a surprise, just how big it got. Um, and I would say that, you know, without Twitter and other social medias, I'm not sure that it would have gotten so big because that initial tweet did go viral. So, yeah, I, by the way, I would say there's a lot of professional journalists who will never have a story read um, by as many people as the, the, the stories that you guys have have put out. So you're you're absolutely correct on that. Uh, this this. Go ahead, Cole. I was going to jump in with a, with a funny story from from Friday night that I remember telling Nicole, like, I really hope this does well. I really hope this makes an impact, but I don't think it's going to. I, I, I trusted that. Northwestern would listen that that kind of maybe the immediate community would listen to these players but I was convinced that it wouldn't go farther than that and I remember telling Nicole like we're doing a great job I I love our reporting but I don't think it's going that far and and um and and kind of it ended up going that far but but I think when you're in the moment when you're listening to these stories when you're when you're talking to these players you're focused on the story. You're focused on what they're telling you. You're focused on kind of holding what the, the, the trust that they're putting in you to tell you these things. And, and so your mind is not kind of on the, the Twitter count view counts or, or kind of the, the, the national implications. Right. The virality. Yeah. But which, which means uh, you're sort of doing the right thing in that, that, the, that you're focused on the story. And not what happens after the story is is where the focus uh, should be. So, uh, good on you. Good on you, even for your fatalism, even if, though it was incorrect. <laughs> Alice, let me ask you this, just in terms of because uh, I think people like who listen to this podcast will be interested in this. Um, what was the process for you to contact Pat Fitzgerald, and did you go through or try to go through his agent, or did you try to go through or go through the athletic department? Um, I'm going to defer this one to Cole because he's, he's got more experience okay. with that. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah. So, so we tried kind of a couple different, different directions to, to reach, uh, Fitzgerald, but, but the main one that we went through, um, was his agent who we were able to get in contact with, but, um, unfortunately his agent wasn't, wasn't interested in commenting on any of our work, um, throughout. Did you actually get, I'm, I'm curious, did you get a response even like, uh, will decline comment or did you get no response? Like literally like a non-responsive response? We, we got a, we got a no comment. Okay. All right. So the, the, it was received and there was a comment there. Okay. Uh, let me go back to, um, you know, actually, but before I ask this question, uh, I'll go back to you, Nicole, or, but again, the three of you can answer this. You know, it, it's one of the real challenges when it comes to multiple byline pieces is like, how do you write it? Like, does one person write it and then the next person like takes that draft and sort of reworks it and then the next person takes a draft and reworks it? Do all three of you sit in front of a computer and write at the same time? By the way, these are issues that um, for multiple byline stories, like, exist at the ESPNs of the world and the New York Times, et cetera. So how did the three of you, um, how did you guys decide how you were going to actually write the piece? I would say I've never worked on a piece that came so cohesively together with the four of us. Um, Divya isn't here right now, but she was also an integral part of 
this reporting coming together. Um, we never even really discussed exactly how we were going to split things up. It just kind of worked that we all had different strengths. We all had different contacts. And so we were reaching out to different people for interview. And, um, you know, with that, we kind of developed our own area of expertise on this story and kind of with, with every story that was coming out over the course of, you know, I, I think it's been 10 days now. Um, we've all had a hand in writing that, whether that be conducting the interviews and, you know, choosing the quotes or, you know, writing the leads and all that. I don't, I don't think we ever, you know, sat down and said, okay, Cole, you take this part and I'll take another part. And then Alice and Divya, you split this up. It, it just kind of naturally happened. And I think um, that's, what's been really great about this partnership with the four of us. Um, we also have a few other reporters who have worked on this story and same thing with them. Um, you know, Avni and Lawrence, they've, they've been a big help as well. And, you know, whenever we co-bile in a piece with them as well, it's been really cohesive and easygoing. Um, so I would say that, yeah, that was definitely one of the best parts of, of working with this team. Um, and, you know, just to echo what Cole said before too, I think, uh, we've been so focused on making sure that we tell this story in the best way possible that we've been kind of less focused about, you know, how to go about the bylines and things like that. Got it. Okay. Nicole, I'm going to stick with you because this is, um, this is a co-byline with, um, hopefully I'm going to pronounce her name right. Is it Avani? It's Avni. Avni. And then how do you pronounce her last name? Cholera. Kalra. Okay, Avni Kalra. So on July 9th, you and Avni uh, publish a piece. University President Michael Schill says he may have erred in determining Pat Fitzgerald's sanction. Um, so he that that is when the um, president of Northwestern essentially issued a statement where um, he's a lot stronger on Fitzgerald, basically in terms of in in Schill's words, failing to uphold his commitment and and Schill is saying maybe I failed to sufficiently consider that failure in levying a sanction. Um, so you guys published that piece on July 9th. Um, what are you thinking? This is again, we'll get to the July 10th piece that you guys did. But Nicole, what are you thinking on July 9th in terms of where the story might go after that Michael Schill statement? You know, it's funny because technically that story was posted on July 9th, but I think we all considered it still Saturday because Got it. Yeah. it was released, I want to say at like 11 p.m. And so immediately we we obviously hopped on that on that statement and that story. Um, and just for a bit of context, Avni will be editor-in-chief starting in the fall. Um, so she's been oh, extremely nice. helpful to us as well. But um, yeah, we, you know, we saw the statement, obviously thought it was important. And I think a lot of the things that were coming out at that point kind of fueled the fire of the story being like, okay, what are these new details that are coming out that have led to this change in possible sanctions for coach Fitzgerald? Um, so I think, you know, that's what we were trying to figure out. Um, it wasn't immediately clear to us what those things were. And it was, you know, obviously very late on Saturday night going into Sunday morning. Um, and yeah, that was kind of what was in our heads at the time. Got it. Okay. Um, I'll direct this to Alice, but if it should go somewhere else, please tell me. On um, on July 10th, you, um, you publish a story where former players describe, in their words, a racist environment in the football program. In that story, there is a player who, who goes on the record, Ramon Diaz Jr., uh, offensive lineman for Northwestern from 2005 to 2008. 
he says his experience on the football team was hostile uh, regarding him being a non-white player. Um, so you now have somebody on the record. Again, you, do any of you want to take this. Uh, did he insist on being public? Did you guys try to convince him to go on the record? Because as the three of you know, having somebody on the record like gives something much more weight than, um, than if it's an anonymous quote. Yeah. Um, so how it happened with Ramon was like, he, he didn't like directly reach out to us, like some other athletes have, um, you know, we heard that possibly he had been a player that had experienced, you know, some of these racism things that we've been hearing about from other players. Um, and, you know, we heard that he was planning on, on doing some media interviews and was, was willing to talk in that way. So we reached out to him and he was, he was just super awesome. He reached back out immediately and was really willing to talk. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, you know, was brave enough to go on the record, which was really important to us to kind of put, put a name to some of the things we were writing. Um, and yeah, we were just really grateful that he was, you know, willing to talk with us and, and put his name out there as the first uh, like player officially on any of the accusations. Okay, and again, uh, I'll I'll direct this to you, Alice. Uh, again, I don't know if this was you who um, made the call, but certainly your byline is on it. Um, you guys did reach out to the university, and I, I, in rereading the story today again, the university spokesman basically says, "I'm not aware of any of this. Like, we we don't know about this." So, I would think, uh, Alice, as you're writing this, like you have to know that on top of the initial story that you got, which really, really got some traction, like this is another story that that's really going to have significant impact when it, when it comes to how people react to this program. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we definitely did, especially, you know, going into that, um, you know, obviously we did see it differently than we saw the hazing one because, you know, the hazing one had the context of that investigation that the university had done. So we knew the university was kind of aware of at least part of what we were reporting hazing wise. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, the racism stuff was all was all new. So we just handled that, you know, with with special care and made sure that we got as many players to corroborate those allegations as we could. Um, and, you know, we just felt that piece was extra important because it was just new information that, you know, we don't know for sure, but we don't think many people had at that time and that the racism stuff was just a lot more swept under the rug than the hazing stuff was. Now, Cole, you can provide the timeline here, but how what what are how many hours passed between you the Daily Northwestern publishing the story that Alice just talked about to Northwestern to you guys reporting s- through sourcing that Northwestern has parted ways with Pat Fitzgerald? Um, if I, if I am correct, it was about five hours, four hours. I remember um, we we published it uh, the 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 racism story maybe 1230, maybe right afternoon. And, and we all said, let's order some wings, you know, let's take a break, let's have some lunch. And, um, and then just as immediately as, as those wings arrived, immediately as we, we, uh, we, we decided to take our first break um, in, in kind of this whole process, like that's when we started hearing those rumblings that, that maybe Fitz was, was going to be gone pretty soon and so kind of from that point on throughout the afternoon it was kind of calling kind of trying to see who knew what who knew what and kind of finally the news came um just before we announced it on twitter nicole um (laughs) having sort of been you know the been at the story from the beginning 
Um, it's a very, very short time frame from your first story on this to the university announcing that uh, that Pat Fitzgerald, you know, they're, they're, they're parting ways with Pat Fitzgerald. Um, I feel like this would be head spinning for like a reporter who's, you know, covered a beat for like 20 years. You know, you guys are barely 20 years old. Um, so uh, what was that like? Like, uh, you know, you still got to do the story. You still got to write that story or be part of that story that um, that the university is uh, – is 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 going to be letting go of this coach um were you i don't know this, i'm not really asking a good question here but like were you so focused on sort of the story and all the reporting that you guys have been doing that in some ways you're sort of in a zone or or are were you able to sort of go outside of that and be like holy shit like they just let go of this guy i think it took a while for it to sink in what had happened i know that it was it was really 72 hours that you know all this went down and so for the four of us who were in that room every day, um, pretty much the whole day, every day, um, it was definitely, as you said, head spinning. I, I think, you know, none of us ever expected what happened to happen. And so, um, we just really had to take it day by day. I know we were exhausted by Monday and, you know, one of my goals as EIC is to make sure that, you know, everybody working for the daily is okay mentally. And so that was something that we really had to reconcile was, you know, kind of setting aside what we had decided would be a few hours of break and then, you know, rushing right back into the story. And I think, um, you know, I was so proud of everybody in that room for willing to just put aside their need to eat, to rest, um, all of that, just to dedicate themselves fully to the story. And, you know, now that it's been a week, I think, at least for me, things have kind of sunk in a little bit. Um, but, you know, every day still there's there's new information coming out of this story and we're continuing to dedicate ourselves to it. Um, but we just need to make sure that we all take care of ourselves as well. Cole, I want to ask you, um, how you know, the, there have been instances at other universities where uh, the athletic department, uh, not just Stonewall's uh, student journalists, but like actively really tries to um to screw with them in the worst case scenarios you know threaten student journalists try to take access away et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. um how would you describe the the athletic department's responses to your reporting and questions from the daily northwestern well I, I think we weren't really trying to focus on kind of what everybody else was thinking about our reporting we were kind of focused on what we knew what we could corroborate, what we could could see in front of us. And, and so, um, to be honest, I, I didn't really spend a ton of time thinking about um, what the athletic department was doing in relation to us um, throughout this process. Did they, well, I guess I, I'll ask a better question. Like, did they, when you asked them for comment, if you ever asked them for comment, they got back to you, generally speaking, even if it was a no comment? Yes, they did. They've been, um, they've, the, the PR staff there has been, um, working the phones just as much as we have, and and obviously we haven't gotten um, that many, that much comment from 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 admin or, or the athletic department. But um, they've, uh, from from what we can tell, they they um, respect the daily as a as a. Yeah, as long as they're professional with you. I mean, no one's expecting them to come sing with you. But, like, you know, as long as they're sort of professional, that's what you'd, you'd expect, especially at a school like Northwestern. So I'm glad add, to hear that. If I could just add, Yeah, go ahead. Um, they knew that we were planning on publishing this story um, because we reached out to them for comment. The original story, that is, the one that was published July 8th. Um, and so, you know, we were initially 
just trying to make sure that we didn't get shut down. But I think that's the benefit of being independent from the school is that we knew that they couldn't do that from like a, we own the paper standpoint. Um, And so they knew that we were going to publish a story and they made no effort to stop it. Well, yeah, that's where the independence comes in. Um, You know, a lot of, a lot of times like they play games with funding and stuff. So that's, that's where independence is important. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, a couple more things here. I'll stick with you, Nicole. Um, <laughs> amazing as it is, uh, three days after the story, um, the Daily Northwestern publishes the story on uh, Pat, Fetch, Pat Fitzgerald being gone, <laughs> Northwestern fires baseball coach Jim Foster. Um, there was some reporting that had been done, I know, in um, the uh, the Chicago area. I think uh, it should be specific. Danny Parkins of... Uh, of the score, 670 the score did a lot of work on that. But man, like, um, <laughs> it's not like Nicole, like, uh, the newspaper got a break, right? Like, literally after this one coach, the probably the most prominent coach at Northwestern is gone, another significant coach is uh, let go by the school. What was that like to work on? Yeah, that was a really interesting afternoon, especially because they also announced that um, David Braun, the previous defensive coordinator would be elevated to interim head coach of the football team. Um, So we were working with both of those things kind of at once. Um, So, you know, again, just this was an instance where I was so proud of the team that we had because we were just really, we really had thought that things had slowed down. And I think that was one common theme was that every time we kind of just like took a breath, um, more, more things would come out and we'd have to turn around and rush right back into the story. And um, it's, it's to the credit of the reporters and staff that we have that we were able to do that. Um, I would say, you know, the story keeps coming and there's a lot obviously going on in both the baseball and football teams. And hopefully in the next coming weeks, um, there will be more light shed on, on all of those stories. So I just, um, I just want to add that a ton of credit goes to kind of the other journalists that reported this baseball story. We, Yes, we were on the front lines of the football reporting. We were there in the room where it happened. But on this baseball stuff, we were a little more passengers along with the story. And, and kind of a lot of the initial really important work wasn't done by us on that story. And, and we were happy to kind of inform our readers, keep them updated as this baseball story develops. But um, we were the ones doing doing the set of some of the football stuff and, and kind of other people. Is there anybody at the Daily Northwestern you want to give a shout out to who is working on the baseball story? Well, Lawrence had written some of the baseball stuff, but it was it was it was outlets outside of the Daily who had, who had, were on the front lines of a lot of yeah who who broke the original story. Um, one of those being you know a lot of the details were published by Inside and You as well, um, which is a sports publication at Northwestern, and they've done a, a lot of really great work as well. Excellent. I'm glad you mentioned them. All right. Uh, and then Nicole, as literally, I think this published today, uh, you wrote about a lawsuit being filed against Northwestern in the um, 
uh, essentially the Hazen case. And so um, the this story, uh, as you mentioned, isn't going anywhere because literally as I'm on the same day I'm taping this with you guys, you you just published a story uh, about now a lawsuit. Um, so uh, this, <laughs> you know, your summer is going to be filled, it feels like, with, I think, more details about Northwestern football. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it was, we saw yesterday that some players had retained an attorney, um, but, you know, no lawsuit had been announced yet in in that instance. And so this morning um, when we woke up and saw that a lawsuit had been filed by a different attorney and a different player, um, obviously, you know, that was something we jumped on. And I think in the next coming weeks, we'll probably be seeing some additional litigation uh, being filed against the university and it'll, it'll be really interesting to see where that goes as well. All right. So this is what I want to ask all you guys. I'm going to start with you, Alice. Um, I don't want to like make the presumption that like somehow like working on this and getting a lot of attention and, and a lot of, uh, praise and rightful praise, like has made you like all of a sudden, like, well, I know now this is like what I want to do for the rest of my life because you're, you are very, all three of you are very, very young and who knows where like your life is going to take you. But I do want to ask you like, what, what is the experience sort of been so far for you in relation to thinking about this as a career once you graduate? Yeah. Um, I mean, even before all of this, my plan was to be a sports reporter. That's kind of been my my niche within journalism. So I would say, you know, working through this story has kind of cemented that in my head, you know, being around just sports in a way that I haven't been before, you know, just just writing game recaps and things like that has just been a really valuable, you know, experience for me that I'm really grateful for. In terms of being an investigative reporter, like we've had to have been the past week. I'm not sure if if that's something that I'll pursue as a career. Um, but I am grateful that I got, you know, to get a taste of it in this very unique environment as a student reporter. Mm, good answer. Right, what about you, Cole? Same question. Um, yeah, I, I think when I when I picture myself. Um, it, it's only as a journalist at this point. And, and so um, you you go through journalism kind of um, waiting kind of for experiences that 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 remind you of why you do this work. And, and I think I've been lucky enough to have them throughout um, high school, throughout my first year here. And, and this is this is the latest one. And, and kind of it's um, it's inspiring to kind of work um with with people who who love it as much as you but and also um it's it's you really appreciate the gravity of the work um when when kind of people are brave enough to trust you with with things that that they've held close in um in in the past and and so um that's doing this a story like this talking to players in the way that we have you really appreciate um, what what this role brings and kind of the the trust that people um, put in you um, and and so you try to hold that you try to appreciate that um, and and I think I've been trying to do that along the way. Nicole, so how does how is it uh, like giving you sort of thinking about as you head forward in your in your uh, whatever your professional career may or may not be? Yeah, that I think that was really well put by both Alice and Cole. I would say you know um, obviously everybody has been pretty, pretty nice online, but the most important thing for me at least hasn't been receiving that recognition, but it's been being able to tell these players stories. Um, because, you know, I think 
when when you're a journalist, your primary goal is to be able to tell people's stories. Um, and so that was something that was incredibly gratifying for me was just being able to talk to these players um, and and tell their stories in whatever way possible. Um, I think also, you know, I have been very interested in investigative work, um, you know, previously served as the investigations editor for the daily. And one of my most favorite stories was another investigative piece that I did. And so this is just kind of confirmed that I do like that work a lot. Um, and it kind of, this story has kind of combined my interests of breaking news and investigative work because we're working so fast while also, you know, doing that really important investigation. And so, um, who knows what will happen, but I think it has definitely confirmed my appreciation for, for doing that kind of really important work. My last one for you guys is, has any professional news organization or a person from that organization reached out to any of you three to say something like, Hey, great job. We, we wanted to get your contact information because we want to stay in touch with you. I'm just curious for my own edification. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of like Medill alumni and daily Northwestern alumni reach out to us, which has been absolutely incredible. You know, some journalists that have been, you know, in our shoes working in the same newsroom that have gone on to incredible careers and have reached out and like offered us support and, you know, said how, how, you know, a lot of Daily Northwestern alums are really proud of the newspaper. Um, and I, I mean, I speak for myself, but I think also for the group when I say that, like hearing from other journalists, especially those that have been like exactly in our shoes has just like meant the world to us to know that we've made alumni of the Daily Northwestern, like proud of this paper that we all share now. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I know that. I think that's a, I think that's a that's a thoughtful answer, um, and I'm least glad to see uh, um, alums have reached out. My God, I've did this. I've ne- I will never do a podcast again with this much Northwestern love. So the three of you have you've, <laughs> you've done something amazing. All right, let me um, let me give the Twitter handles for the three of you. So in case anybody wants to f- continue to follow the story and continue to follow what I think will be uh, three uh, very successful careers as they as they head post-Northwestern. Alice Brown is at A-L-Y-C-E-B-R-O-W-N-N. So Alice Brown with an extra N. Cole Reynolds is at C-H-A-R-C-O-L-E 27. So charcoal 27. By the way, this all presumes like Musk isn't going to blow Twitter up in the next 24 hours. So I can't <laughs> promise you that. All right, Nicole Marcus is Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E-J. Marcus M A R K U S. Um, so follow them um, because they're obviously going to continue working on the story, uh, and uh, and they've done incredible work. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate the three of you uh, making time. Um, again, it's such a weird thing to say. Like you should be proud of the work because I, I, I'm not. You know, you're not looking for the congratulations, but um, this is really, really remarkable work. Particularly remarkable work. Uh, uh, given that you don't have the resources that like other places have and um, and you really should be proud of like telling these player stories as you guys really well put it and I have no doubt if you guys stay in journalism that you're going to be super successful and uh, I'll probably look back on this podcast one day and it'd be really cool to be like oh man I interviewed these guys when they were 19, 20, 21 so Alice Brown Nicole Marcus and Cole Reynolds of the Daily Northwestern keep an eye on these three. Uh, I appreciate your time today and thanks for coming on. 
Sports Media Podcast. Thank you so much Thank for having so us. Thanks, Richard. We really appreciate it. All right, back in the studio. Uh, my thanks to uh, Alice, Nicole, and Cole. Um, really impressive, man. I, I can't even imagine uh, uh, being that composed and uh, thoughtful at uh, 20 years old. Those, uh, those three have a bright, bright future if they want it in, uh, in journalism, but my sense is they'll be successful in whatever they do. Uh, if you like these kind of conversations, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That's how this podcast continues. Um, previous episodes include Neil Everett, who uh, the former Sports Center anchor uh, and uh, current Portland Trailblazers television host, who talked about leaving ESPN in his career and what he wanted to do next. Had an interview with uh, director Rob Ford and Showtime Sports President Stephen Espinoza on Goliath, which is a great three-part documentary series on Will Chamberlain. James Andrew Miller was on this podcast recently to talk about ESPN's management changes. Washington Post column, uh, sports columnist Sally Jenkins, maybe the best sports columnist in the country. And Taylor Twelman on how MLS and Apple can maximize Leo Messi's time in America. Kate Abdo as well in June, CBS Champions League host. Uh, again, if you like this stuff, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for his hard work. Thanks to everybody at uh, Odyssey for their support. And thank you for listening. See you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.